0: Welcome. to present
1: on the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, a part of the United international education. Thanks very much for coming today. We've got Randy Weingarten, who is the president of the AFT, who's talking to us here at EI. I'm Martin Henry, I'm the research coordinator. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Randy. So, what we want to talk about today is artificial intelligence because AFT have been a leader in getting us to think about how artificial intelligence and education are coming together. In some ways, there are cohesive and positive connections between what AI might do in the classroom and what's actually happening in the classroom. But there's also some concerns that many of our members have. So, we had a resolution passed today. That really started people thinking about the wider issues of ICT Mm -hmm. so if we can just go to um, some specific questions what potential do you think artificial intelligence has to assist the classroom teacher particularly in the area of student learning
0: so you know I think um, this is both the great opportunity and the great unknown and when you have the great unknown, fear tends to lead instead of opportunity and particularly given that we've had, um, and and sorry Martin, I am a social studies teacher and so I do think through uh, um, issues through the eyes of history Um, but you think through the other industrial revolutions that we've had um, and how they have been so displacing and how they've been displacing in terms of knowledge, in terms of um, uh, workers, and things like that. And so I think that fear tends to lead people um, because what's, you know, does this mean that um, classrooms will be replaced with online or virtual learning? Is, Is there an attempt to replace teachers with robots? Um, and and ultimately, I think about teaching and learning that 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 powers that be have always attempted to replace teachers, have always attempted to teacher-proof a curriculum or tell teachers what to do and um, dictate the terms of engagement with kids. But at the end of the day, um, just like the new resolution that EI passed and the amazing um, plenary, the amazing breakout session that we've had um, in, in this conference about this, at the end of the day teaching children now requires or children now require a, a real ability to be complicated and to think complexly and to understand the shades of gray critical thinking, well-being, relationship building, all of this requires that, um, that, that teachers have technology as a tool, but that technology cannot replace teaching and learning. So we have the fear that technology and artificial intelligence would would attempt or the, the the powers that be would attempt to supplant teaching and supplant teachers but what's been interesting over the course of the last couple of years in places where that was attempted um, you realize is completely unsuccessful where online learning was attempted to um, replace um, brick-and-mortar classrooms that's not happening where um, uh, tech companies attempted to roll um, teachers and districts over with like Pearson with aligning testing and curriculum together as um, and 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 thinking that that could dictate and and direct um, what would happen in classrooms in the global north and global south, that's not happening. Mm. The fight back has been not successful everywhere, but you can see us turning the corner to the point that now entities like Google and um, Microsoft are all you know, trying to figure out how they um, sell their product to teachers how they listen to teachers to understand what they need to do. So so we're at a moment, I think, where the thinking about technology and artificial intelligence, intelligence and ICT as a tool, not as a driver, is really important. And what it means in terms of teachers and teacher unions Um, how do we fight how do we leverage that tool how do we understand um, what's needed to use that tool successfully how do we make sure that that tool has some checks and balances in terms of data privacy Um, how do we make sure there's equity so we're in a moment because the world needs kids who can critically think and who can see the complexities of life? We're in a moment that we can actually um, have much more voice in terms of di- in terms of the rules of engagement over technology than I would say we were three or four years ago. Well,
1: I'd just like to pick up a couple of points you've made. I'll go back to your fourth industrial revolution comment. Coming from Manchester, the last yeah. industrial <laughs> revolution wasn't yeah. too kind on us. No, and not at all. I think if we look at protections and what you're talking about in terms of protections, we've got an area of, of development now which we're calling platform capitalism because there's a whole lot of ways in which capital and platforms are interacting together Absolutely. in order to take power away from students, from teachers, from universities. I was at Cambridge last year in a seminar about this where we had a real look at what was going on in the university sector and students are being turned into fodder and are being used as, as little markers that can be taken and fleeced in a way that takes right. money into the university. What protections do we have and what do you think we can do in order to ensure that there are mechanisms in place, and you've already mentioned this, so if you can expand on the sort of regulation area, how can we get this data back into some sort of public control and in a place where the public has some say over what's happening with it?
0: So there are, um, that question is not gonna be answered in like one or two sound bites. But most importantly um, are two things, number one, that the wel- the wealthy will always try to figure out how to be wealthier, <laughs> and capitalism will always try to push its limits, um, and and the um, concentration of wealth, and so there um, there's you know it's it's not as if we're we're not going to have to fight platform capitalism, and that um, entities you know look at what. uh, Airbnb did. Look at what Uber and Lyft have done. Look at the other types of apps and platforms that actually quickly try to concentrate power and displace workers in all sorts of different ways. So we know that that is going to happen. But this is where the labor movement comes in. Mm -hmm. So number one, separate and apart from just a whole protocol and and, and policies, where how do workers have enough power so that they can have a voice at the table, and they can actually protect um, uh, the standard of living, human dignity, um, conditions at work, um, wages, um, the, um, the the the. Um, disp- uh, be a buttress against the displacement of workers or the displacement of income. So so having a labor movement and having collective bargaining whether it is um, the negotiation with state um, which is what many um, of our member states do or the negotiation with district as we see in the United States that that power of collective bargaining and being a check and balance on capitalism is very important. That's number one. Number two, um, in some places where unions um, have that power, like in Germany or in Norway, um, they have created these kind of tripartite commissions of the employer of the nation state and of, or the government of the nation state and of the unions where they actually create policy Economic policy, the guard against the displacement, as well as um, educational or just you know technology um, policy, um, to to I- ensure that the ethics of this technology are, are adhered to, ensure that the there's data protection, um, and I would actually argue ensure that the terms and conditions of work using technology. Are actually thought through. Mm-hmm. Whether it's about upskilling um, uh, so that people actually have facility with the technology, whether it's about equity to make sure that um, that that kids who have the least have access, um, whether it's access to broadband or access to the actual you know apps and and tablets and computers, um, or whether it's this issue of pr- not just professional development but the time that is needed because technology actually makes a teacher's um, work harder, not easier. Um, when you're looking and using this tool in an integrative way, when you're using this tool as a way of communications, it actually means that your workload is, is um, increased, not decreased. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that there's, through, through the union movement, um, in, in various different um, countries or in districts, de- dependent upon where the locus of power is, if, if we as EI actually refresh our protocols about the kind of things we should be bargaining or looking for, this will be very, very hap- helpful for our affiliates throughout the, the, um, the world, not just as the balance being a balance of power um, and a check and balance to platform capitalism, but also to use the tool effectively.
1: Okay, well, we've actually had a discussion of that in the breakout that exactly. we've just been involved in, and, and you've really taken that's why, me...
0: That's why I'm just so super smart about this, because I'm just <laughs> listening to all of our amazing you know, affiliates who just raised all these, all these ideas.
1: Well, you've taken me to the next <laughs> question, which is a home run for you, really, Randy which is what do you think AI um, AI should do about AI and the future of teaching and technology? Right,
0: okay, so first we're gonna have to say that five times fast, what should AI do about AI? (laughs) 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 So look, at the end of the day, um, and this is why one of, it's it's really amazing and awesome when once every four years you have a Congress like this where um, uh, educators from across the globe, um, who are organized in democratic trade unions, come together and 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 speak about both the issues, the obstacles, the challenges, as well as the opportunities. So, it that the breakout session we just had um, gave us fabulous information and prescient thinking about what to do, and I think it falls into a couple of categories. Number one is that EI is that our membership ac- across the globe sees artificial intelligence um, sees the technology as a tool um, to be used um, that should be helpful in education, as opposed to being fearful of it. So that is really, really good news. Artificial intelligence can never supplant teaching and learning if teaching and learning is about ensuring that kids have the opportunity to live their lives um, as global citizens, that kids have the opportunity to critically think and to have the confidence um, to, to seize their dreams. And if we believe that education is about that kind of opportunity and that kind of relationship building, then this can only be a tool. It cannot substitute for teaching and learning. And that is where uh, I would say the core ethos of our membership is. Knowing, that's important because knowing that, then the issue becomes how do we effectively make it a tool where teachers have a voice at the table and teachers are actually um, controlling it, um, the, the navigation of this and the leveraging of this, not the tech companies and not government entities.
1: Okay, thanks so much for coming, Randy. I always end with a personal question, so what's your favorite sci-fi movie?
0: <laughs> My favorite sci-fi movie? I would say it's E.T.
1: Okay, I'm going to go for alien because those are some of the forces we're facing that we will overcome.
0: But, you know, I'm always about the hope over the fear.
1: (laughs) That's a good way to end. (laughs) Thanks, Randy. Thank you, Martin.
0: To get the latest global education news and advocacy, subscribe to Ed Voices on your favorite podcast app or anytime on SoundCloud. And as always, tell a friend, spread the word, and please give us a review on
1: iTunes.